0: FF Podcast. I am your host, Jaime Garcia. And today I have somebody that, if you are an eighth gen Civic SI owner and peruse the Facebook group that's out there, and you know you're one of the probably 1,800 uh, people registered for that group, or w- even one of the smaller group of people that actually tracks their car. You know all about this person, mainly because he was one of the few people that was uh, tracking an R18 and then uh, went ahead and uh, swapped over to a K24, I believe. Um, and, um, you know, every time I see any post uh, from this person, I always get excited. And, you know, I- I've reached out to him in the past uh, to help me with the the little Moog compliance bushings. And, uh, yeah, you know, this guy... It's one of those people that you meet like online, and at least it, from what they're showing in the in the stories and the builds that they're doing, it seems like a guy you just want to hang out with. And you know, I'm super excited to have this person on, and I wish I got him uh, on sooner. But um, here he is, Mr. Victor. Victor from the Ace Gen forum, one of the few people who have started with the base model and then swapped it over. Welcome to the Race FF Podcast.
1: How you doing? It's uh, nice to be here.
0: Yeah, man. So, um, obviously, we both share the fact that we run Ace Gens, and um, I'm obviously more uh, leaning into the uh, wheel-to-wheel with my EG, but... Um you've kind of had a really interesting journey in that you got a base model civic, um, and then build it up as you progressed in your driving journey. And I wanted to know, like what made you choose the base model uh, civic? I'm sure a lot of people have asked you this.
1: So I have my car because when I bought it, uh, it's on SIs were still kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was basically fresh out of high school. Um, and I needed, I took a year off after graduating and I wanted a. Uh, I wanted to get my first manual car and mm-hmm. gotten i I'd actually gotten another eight cent civic from my dad. It was a full auto base model, like DX, like no features, no luxury mm-hmm. at all. Um, so we got rid of that and I fe- ended up finding my car, uh, in Manassas, Virginia for like $6,000. Yeah, I can Uh-oh. believe they, um, yeah, it had like 120,000 miles on it. I paid, I paid a little over six grand out the door, five speed manual. The funny thing was, is it actually it was advertised as an SI, even though it wasn't. <laughs> um, yeah, back, back in 2015, SIs were still like 10 to $12,000, like for even a hurt one. Yeah. Even a high miles one was still fetching over 10 K. So mm-hmm. now seven years later, they're, you know, they're four or $5,000 for, a, for an SI. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so, you know, I got, my, then I got my car and like a year later I was like, I want to start, you know, doing autocross. Cause I'd seen, mm. I'd seen people, some of my friends doing it on Facebook and I was like, Oh, that looks cool. I want to try it. So my first autocross event was with, uh, Um, not directly an SCCA organization, but it was with uh, a group that ran an autocross in Cumberland, Maryland, uh, who no longer, longer, they no longer do it. But um, that's kind of where I got my feet wet, and it was so much fun. uh, You know, I just wanted to start doing more, and and then I signed up for my first track day. That was at uh, Summit Point.
2: Oh, nice. Um,
1: And it kind of just took off from there, and I started getting more and more, more and more involved and more carried away with everything. And mm-hmm. next thing I know, there's a K series in it,
2: <laughs>
1: and it's a wheel-to-wheel wheel car.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's the I did the I did the K swap in 2019 with a full Type R swap, uh, complete a complete uh, K20A uh, Type R motor, oh. 11.7 to one compression. It was a stock bottom end motor with uh, drag cartel cams. Mm-hmm. And uh, ported a polished head, ported manifold, made 250 horsepower. Damn, that's good. Cool. It was a great, it was a great engine. And then it just, it, one day it did not, it did not uh, survive the IR. <laughs> oh
0: man. So bring me back to that first track day. Obviously, we all have our own ideas of like, um, what what we want to have like prep for our car. So walk me through, kind of, because um, you said your first track day was at uh, Summit Point. So what yeah. was your setup at that point? Did you have coilovers, tires, brakes?
1: Well, My. Mine- my first track day, I was it was a completely stock car. It was yeah. stock tires, stock sixteens, all season, uh, stock suspension, stock yeah. brakes. I think I don't even think I did brake. Fl- I had done a brake flush. That was it. Because <laughs> the, the, so I didn't know. I didn't know anything about like doing track day. Uh uh-huh. um, I didn't really have any friends at the time who did yeah. it, so I kind of just someone told me to go on Motorsport Reg and sign up. So I did, and uh. I did the, I got I took my car to a shop, they did an inspection, I had them do a brake flush cuz mm-hmm. I hadn't really had much experience doing it. I didn't really know anything about cars at the time. Mm-hmm. Um I had like I had like basic mechanical skills but yeah. not not like I do now. Um so I did all that, I showed up with a helmet. I had actually had to borrow a helmet because my um my motorcycle helmet was not uh rated oh, yeah. to go on oh, yeah. the racetrack. Yeah. So, I bought a I bought a helmet from them, and I did I did my first track day on Summit Point's main circuit, and that was awesome. I think I think the car barely hit 100 miles an hour. Like it <laughs> it was so slow. I to, to give you an idea of just how slow R 18s are. I I once watched an auto R eighteen make 99 horsepower on a dyno.
0: Wow, that's funny. And, yeah, you and- you. God. yeah and you know like I, i'm looking at my 1.6 liter uh d series in my eg like in my eg and i'm like fuck i, I want to get at least like 120 out of this guy because i'm at 115 and i'm like i need a little bit more power to to fight with the guys and there you are with a brand new 1.8 liter making 99 but yeah that's wild. i think i think them out of the
1: manuals with which mine was my was was a five speed. I think you would probably get about 120 wheel horsepower out of it.
0: Nice, nice.
1: Um, still not a, not a threatening amount of power. You you'd struggle <laughs> to keep up with a one Miata.
0: Oh yeah, because um, like you know, for the longest times, people look at Civics and they think of a lightweight chassis, but. I think the eighth gen was really one of the chassis that gained a lot of weight in comparison to like the EM ones and the seventh gens uh, moving forward. Because I think even um, your car with the R eighteen was like twenty six or twenty
1: seven. Um. So they're about they're about two to three hundred pounds lighter because the R eighteen okay. is such a smaller engine. So they're, they're a little bit different chassis-wise. The subframes on both cars are a little bit different. The SI uh, subframe is much beefier. Oh,
2: okay. The support,
1: the, support, the K-series, the, there's about a 30-pound difference oh,
2: sure. between the
1: two subframes. Just the it, subframes? Uh, just the subframes. So, oh, wow. Because it's a little bit, so the rear part of it where the steering rack sits is actually a lot, like, thicker on the SI
2: mm-hmm. portion,
1: The um, the SI control arms. Like, front control arms are beefier. They have more um, structural support and reinforcement. Uh Um, There's all this little reinforcement on the SI that you didn't get on the base model, and that's what ends up making it heavier. I see. And then the fact that the K-Series is just a larger engine.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, if you you put them side-by-side, the K-Series is a noticeably bigger motor. It's taller, Mm -hmm. it's wider, um, it's it has a much larger transmission. I think Mm -hmm. the transmission itself is like 20 pounds heavier. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it already seemed a tiny engine,
0: (laughs) but it, it it was uh, pretty reliable for, for what it was. I mean, given that you got it like a over a hundred K and started tracking it, I mean,
1: it was great. Um, I never had, any real issues with it i actually had it tuned um by Vit viper the, the oh, old jet the tuner yeah. yeah
0: that that's throwing it I, back i i haven't seen that guy uh i'm guessing that was the hondata that you were using to uh reflash that one cuz i don't think he does uh, hondata yeah. anymore
1: yeah that was uh, that was a long time ago It was back when he was still doing uh hondata tunes for uh for ASNs and other Honda guys, um, mm-hmm. I think he works exclusively with tech now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had my cartoon by him. It probably, I think, ended up making around 150 horsepower. Is what Ooh. we dynoed it at.
0: That's that's a healthy, like, it was,
1: healthy. It was a pretty respectable amount of power for a one point, for a single cam. Um, it made a, a surprising amount of torque. Really? What what, what was the it torque? Made, it was like. It was like 120
0: foot-pounds. Dude, that's very, very respectable because I didn't do like a lot of mods to my 8th gen, so mine's kind of closer to stock. And I did the Type-S oil pump and K&N drop-in filter, um, but I did on the NASA Dyno 186 wheel and... I think like 135 foot-pounds of torque. So for an R18, those are really respectable numbers.
1: Yeah, I have the I have the dynograph right here. So I made a 149 149 horsepower and 129 foot-pounds.
0: Dude, that's really freaking good. And uh so what did you ever get a chance to weigh the car? Like
1: So before before I put a K series in it, it weighed I think 2750.
0: Dude, that's really with, light. Me, with
1: me with me in it. Yeah, this was oh. before it was changed. This was um, stock interior. Um, I think it didn't have back seats. I think I pulled them out already, mm-hmm. but but that was it.
0: Yeah, but that's not that significant of weight. I don't think.
1: I, I've I've had the opportunity to have the car on scales quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, before. So the first time I actually got it weighed was when I got coilovers for the first time. I okay. had a corner balance with me. In, I was sitting in the car, and it was done uh, uh, at a shop called York Automotive, which is local to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I think the car was right around twenty-seven fifty. Damn. It's actually it's funny. It's actually lighter than it. It's actually lighter now. because I've taken so much more out of it since then. <laughs> I think now it's sitting at twenty-five eighty.
0: Twenty five eighty,
1: uh Race with race race weight with no driver.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So that yeah, that's say.
1: caged with um, like three quarters of a tank of fuel mm-hmm. and no driver. I think with me and it, it's right. It's like right at twenty eight fifty.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good because I think mine obviously it's not. It's still a daily car, um, but I have a half cage, bucket seat harness um it's uh 3,020 pounds with me in it and uh i'm kind of a chunky boy so you know the 215 come from me yeah
1: i'm i'm not chunky i'm just big i'm 225
0: pounds oh shit over six feet tall Um, i'm guessing
1: six four yeah
0: damn yeah Okay, so me and Ryan or Brian, uh, Brian DeVries, uh talked about this issue about the ace gens, and I think you uh, at your height would be very sympathetic. So when I sit in my car, um, that A pillar blocks me like crazy. Like, there's if there's a pedestrian at a certain angle, I cannot see them. Do you find that issue as well?
1: Oh, yeah yeah no that, if you if there's a pedestrian there they're gonna die like <laughs> if, if there's something if there's something out of your view you're gonna hit it that's just a matter of fact so um, yeah i I struggle with that same visibility when you pull out all the trim and mm-hmm. actually make your mirror smaller it's really not that bad like if you get uh-huh. those little roll cage mounted mirrors that go on your like uh your side pillars—it's oh, okay. not terrible. It's still bad. Don't get me wrong, but it it gets better.
0: Okay, I see. I see what you mean. Yeah, huh? Because I've been thinking about those roll cage mirrors uh, specifically for my EG, because I want to try and take the mirrors off since that is a no arrow uh, modification. Because you're removing stuff, not adding things to it. So. Mm-hmm. I could I could put the roll cage mirrors on there, but I don't know. We'll we'll have to touch base on what brand you're running because I imagine that's a solid one. If you if you got it working and it doesn't move around for you, then I I think it's good.
1: I believe they're Longacre.
0: Oh, you got the fancy ones. Okay,
1: yeah, they're not that.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, like I'm a cheap ass, so like. (laughs) I I would consider myself a very uh, cost-effective driver, so I'm always looking for the deals. So you went from the R18 and started tracking and uh, doing everything, and we talked about how each chassis has, like, a pain point. You know, Spec E30 guys have the issue with uh, fuel slosh, and I think E46s as well, where they have, like, this weird uh gas tank where it has like a middle hump. So they have an uh, issue with fuel starvation and they need to run like dual fuel pumps. And for the Ace Gen, right. I think it's a pretty well-known, and there's so many build threads out there, it is the brakes. The brakes are just way too freaking small for the car. So tell me a little bit about that uh, journey that you went from the little steps okay. until you got to the the brake system that actually works.
1: Okay. So I got my, I've, I've learned how bad the brakes were just by autocrossing the car.
0: Oh, sh- yeah. That's uh,
1: so, well, so the, where I started autocrossing at Cumberland, the, the venue, you could get some serious speed there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, some of the cars were hitting third gear up there, but I mean, stock, so the stock, the stock brakes on my car were so tiny that, they would get hot with very little effort. You could you could fade them on the street if you really tried.
2: Damn. Um,
1: before before you put some like decent pads on there.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: like the very first the very first track day, I think I just had like Hawk HP pads. Oh. Nothing like super exciting. I just bought I bought the like the budget brake pad off mm-hmm. of Amazon because someone told someone told me that I should put brake pads on the car because OEM pads weren't going to hold up. So I just went on Amazon and bought. I, looked, I searched up track brake pads, and that's what came up. So I bought those, and I think there were like they were like seventy five dollars. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I put those on the car and immediately faded the brakes. Yeah, that was <laughs> my first my first track day. The brakes got hot after like five laps in the in the green group, and it was awful.
0: Oh man! I was
1: keep in mind I was still getting passed by pretty much everybody because my car struggled to hit a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, I think it, it was geared so long you could hit a hundred miles an hour in third gear.
0: Oh my god, oh, that's
1: so sad. Yeah, I basically stayed. It, I basically left it in second and third the entire track day.
0: Damn. Well, I, I'm guessing the majority was in second, and then like for a couple of those straights you would like click into third. But yeah, that's that's rough because not only I mean on the H, H- Gen Si. Everybody that tracks them um, knows to just ditch the caliper and, and brake rotor. And uh, I, I think the only like OEM bolt-on affair that actually could work, I, I'm, I've not dealt with it. So I have no experience Was the TSX uh, caliper upgrade. And um, you were telling me that you went through that uh, setup as well
1: so yeah i did that too and they were great they were fantastic but i wanted more i actually just wanted something that looked cooler they and had more response and someone told me that the brembos were great and then one of my friends who had a had a boosted hnsi had uh, the brembo calipers on it and i really liked the way his his brake pedal felt so i ended up doing that swap
2: he's
1: the guy i actually got the stock s i brakes from so i did the brembo swap and those are great they Added, they gave me a lot more confidence than mm-hmm. all the other brake setups did, and they were great. The pads weren't terribly expensive. Uh, you can, I used the S2000 rotors at first.
2: Okay. Um, there's
1: a So everyone who's ever done this swap um, knows that you have two options. There's uh, You can just run the S2000 rotors and, and sacrifice a little bit of your pad, mm-hmm. or you can do it the right way and get uh, extended studs for the front uh, front hubs and by the uh, spacer that sits behind the rotor, and then you can use the actual uh, TLS rotor mm-hmm. um, to get the full uh, full benefit of your brake pads. So that was great. That was fine for basically what I did for it. I did ton, a ton of track days, a ton of B days with it, mm-hmm. and I hadn't. Re- I didn't really do any competition with it. Mm-hmm. And then I think in twenty twenty um StopTech was doing uh was doing uh like a prototype run mm-hmm. of a kit for the eighth gen. They were releasing a bigger rotor option, the three thirty two millimeter front rotor, and I was like, Ooh, I wanna get get in that end mm-hmm. So I I ended up getting them for an amazing <laughs> price and actually um Brian freeze has the same brakes that I do. Oh nice. Uh yeah he, i i sent i hit him up It was like hey man stop tech's doing uh this <laughs> run of breaks i think they have one kit left you should you should contact them and see if you can still get one so he ended up grabbing the last one and i think there's 10 of these kits that exist oh wow um so yeah i got those breaks and the first track that i was able to use them on was vir and i i have not looked back <laughs> since they have, yeah. fanta- they have been fantastic they have been fantastic they I have never faded them once. In fact, they're so efficient that I've never been able to get them to like glow. Like I've always wanted a picture of my front bike, Oh yeah. Front, brakes, yeah, front brakes glowing, and I can't do that. The Brembos would eat, would get hot so fast that you could easily get um, get them to glow, and when it got dark, but the StopTechs are so efficient, they just mm-hmm. don't they don't fade ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been running the StopTech SR33 brake pads that they include with them, and Honestly, they're great. They're fantastic. I just wish they weren't so loud. They, hmm. Anyone who's ever heard my car uh, knows <laughs> the sound of it approaching because my brake pads are louder than the engine. <laughs> you can you can hear the brakes before you hear the K series. Oh
0: man, that's funny. So the the stop tech calipers that you're talking about is that that st forty three one or is it the yeah. st four? Um, oh,
1: It's the C forty three kit. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so it's um, it's funny. So when I got the um when I got the kit in the mail, I actually did a comparison like side by side between them and the Brembos. The StopTech not only has uh, a bigger rotor, uh, it's got a thicker pad. The calipers are actually smaller than the Brembos, along mm-hmm. with the the pistons themselves. But the whole setup, I think per side, was like five pounds lighter. Wow, five or six pounds lighter than than one Brembo. Uh, set up with caliper pads and rotor
0: that's impressive that is that is a lot of weight savings
1: it took it took off about 12 pounds off the front of the car
0: wow that's huge
1: which for for unsprung weight is a lot Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so I, i i love the way the car feels it stops really well uh it doesn't it makes it, unfortunately, it makes the ABS kind of panic because the oh. smaller base model, I still, I don't have an SI ABS unit. So
2: no the way. Base,
1: the smaller base model brakes kind of hate it. Um, well, cause I can't put, so the, the, here's the thing is the 06, uh, SI and mm-hmm. base model actually use the same, uh, ABS unit. Okay. They're, they're these tiny little ABS units. And then in 2007, when they all got traction control, um, oh. They they beefed up the ABS unit for the SI, so it's this much larger um, actuator and uh, computer. Oh. But I can't I can't fit that in there unless I repin my harness, and I haven't really gotten around to it.
2: Oh,
1: a lot! Of, I know a lot of the I know a lot of the fast guys have started to put ABS back in their cars, mm-hmm. um, and I've been it's been on my list of things to do. Mm. I might I might try just switching to an 06 SI ABS unit and see if it makes any difference, but it doesn't. Sitting on ABS with the stock tech calipers hasn't really made the car happy. Mm-hmm. It I can't go, I can't brake as hard um before ABS turns on as I could just threshold braking before the brakes lock up. Okay. Is is what I've noticed. So I've just left ABS off this entire time.
0: Mm. Interesting. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Huh. Cause I know that um HPD had the uh, ABS, uh, modules out there. And it's supposed to be a lot better than what the stock ABS, uh, unit from, uh, Honda is for the S size. So it looks like there's still like room to advance. And in that sense, it
1: it exists, but I'm poor (laughs) Same
0: again. That's why I don't have it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think last I checked, it was like 3,600 bucks for the ABS unit itself. And I don't even think they make them anymore. I, I think I've ever seen two, and I think uh, I think Ken Sue owns both of them.
0: Oh yeah, that makes sense. that That makes total sense. I think I've heard of Khan talking about someone else who may have one, but yeah, like it's not legal I, I, for H two. I've, I've,
1: give, I've given up hope anyway. So I run. Uh, I actually ran uh, SP four for a brief period. Uh, uh-huh. I never, I haven't run a Honda challenge with my car. I might try to now that I have a stock motor in my car.
2: Mm.
1: Um, but yeah, up until a couple of years ago, my car was an H2 legal because it had aftermarket cams and a valve train and mm-hmm. ported head and all that. But it's a completely unopened K series, uh, now. So I should be fine. Mm.
0: Uh, what engine are you running now?
1: So I'm on, uh, Engine number four. For those of you who don't know, I I have blown up three motors in the past three years. Uh, so the first engine I had lasted about a year. It died. Uh, it, it died at VIR uh, on the front straight. Uh, right. It was the first event after uh, the pandemic started. It was uh, a NASA event, and it was open track, and I went to grab. Uh, fifth gear and the car just let go, right in front of right in front of pit straight. So that was cool. Um, I Got another motor. I put another two point in the car. Put another K twenty in the car. That motor lasted for uh, another like another year.
0: And those and are the K twenty eight Z threes or A twos.
1: This was a this was a Z three. Oh, this was a K, so the first those are expensive. Was a K, uh, I got it for five hundred bucks. Dude, where? <laughs> Shit! I, I, got, I got it from a friend for five hundred. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I was really, bum- I was really bummed. My first engine blew up because oh. it was like it was the first engine I'd ever built. It was a, it was a real Type R motor. It had like refreshed, <sighs> had brand, brand new everything in it: new pistons, new bearings, and new rods from Honda. The only thing that I reused was the uh, was the crankshaft. Mm. Um. But it's actually it's actually kind of amazing how similar they are to the K twenty d three. They're basically the same engine. A lot of the a lot of the the rods are the same. The bearings are the same. The only real difference is the oil pump and I think how the stock head flows.
2: Mm. Makes but the sense. water
1: pump housings are identical. Like a lot of a lot of the parts are the same.
0: That makes sense. Because
1: like I was, refer- I was referencing part numbers and a lot of them were the same to the USSI. Yeah. So I just it was a lot easier to order parts than I thought it would be.
0: Mm. I see.
1: So, so yeah, the first motor was a stock stock block K twenty A eleven point seven to one compression, which is the stock stock type stock type R compression. Uh, It's the highest compression motor that Honda has produced, Mm -hmm. um, to my knowledge. Um, It had a a type R oil pump. It had a baffled pan. It had drag cartel two point two cams, super tech valve train, and it just. One day, just like you, just drop the valve and let go. I don't, oh. I don't really know what caused it, but it sucks to suck. Racing is a uh, expensive sport. So the second motor uh, died at Mid Ohio. I actually went to go get coaching from uh, Tom O'Gorman.
2: Oh, awesome guy! I was,
1: I was, I would, yeah, love the guy. Um, I was going out there to do uh, some sightseeing for GridLife mm-hmm. uh, Midwest. And I was trying to get some coaching before, uh, the event and I made it about half a lap. I made it to the hairpin and the car just let go. <laughs> the, it, uh, blew a hole in the piston. And oh. that was, that was, that was that I drove 10 and a half hours to do half a lap. Oh. So that was, that was fun. I, I did it. I ended up getting to do some hot laps with DJ Alessandrini. He oh, awesome. me to let me drive his car, but. He, he's about a foot shorter than me.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: he, so I didn't fit, I didn't fit very well in his car, even, <laughs> even in his passenger seat. So, <laughs> um, yeah. he, he did take me out for some laughs as a passenger though. So I was very, I was very happy about that. And I did get some, some really good touch from him, but unfortunately I didn't really get to drive my car there. Mm-hmm. What I, what I was actually really happy about that day was uh, so I ran that was an auto interest event uh, mm-hmm. for those who have heard about them uh, they're a really good group of people they actually uh, reached out to me after the event said hey man' uh, we heard you had some mechanical problems in the morning so we're gonna give you a credit for another track day
2: oh no way
1: so yeah so they they didn't refund me but they just gave me a, a okay. code that would get me a fr- that would get me a free it was the same value as for what I paid okay. uh, for that event. So it's good. For, it was good for another two years. So I, I didn't end up using it last year because um, I got the car running kind of at the end of the year from mm-hmm. the most recent uh, engine failure. Um, but yeah, so I'll probably I'll probably use it at some point this year, this coming season. That's
0: awesome um, that they were able to credit yeah, I was, you. I was, yeah.
1: I was I was really pleased by that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That made, me, that made me feel really good. So okay, so the second. So the second motor died at mid-Ohio, and then I decided that it was time to put a K24 in the car Mm -hmm. because everyone was like convincing me that a K24 was a much better engine. So I got a stock stock K24, um, had it refreshed at the machine shop, uh, got a new oil pump, got a new uh, uh, rotating assembly, put fresh bearings in it, put some ACL race bearings in it. I uh, got new pistons and rings for it. It was a junkyard engine, so it was mm-hmm. gross when I got it. So I had yeah. a hot tank, replaced the pistons. I did uh, just like a general refresher, and then I put a, a Z3 head on it with the same cams, same valve train that i have been running.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then that motor made a little over 260 horsepower Damn. at the wheels. Damn. Yeah, that, that, that motor was great. So... And it was, it was my first race weekend at, uh, at VIR, like first actual race weekend at VR. It was my second race weekend of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, on the previous, the previous engine, I'd actually done my first, um, like, uh, novice race at, uh, summit point. That was my, uh, provisional, uh, race license, uh, like eval race. And that Mm -hmm. was great. The car, it's funny. I so I drove my car to the track with tires and gear and stuff in the back. Uh, (laughs) Did my races on the same tires? Uh, I drove there on and then drove home.
0: That's so. Gangster. I didn't have a
1: single issue. I didn't have a single issue with the car the entire time. Uh, it was very hot. I will say that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that that's so dope, man. Like you know, e- even up until recently, um, because uh, you you and I share the uh, issue of having a, a tow vehicle. Like I. I I was driving my uh, EG to the racetrack to do wheel to wheel Honda Challenge. So, and, and my car was actually passing California smog at the time. Like, I actually had a California cat in it. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I can for sure say that I was one of the only carb legal Honda Challenge cars out there because I had to take it to a smog <laughs> shop to get uh, the That's thing done. Cool. And I was just <laughs> like. Yeah, the smog guy was like, holy shit, it's all, like, legal. I'm like, yeah, it, the carb legal intake, DC headers, The here's the paperwork, it's uh, you know, the little exemption thing or whatever. And, uh, yeah, like, he was like, I, I'd never see any of these that pass smog. Like, I was worried when he brought it in because he's like, oh, man, you, you're you going to have some janky shit. But, no, nah, it, it passed. And he was like, wow, well, yeah, that's, like, normal. Fuck. So, so yeah, yeah, like there, there's something about having that stress of, of driving the car back and forth from, uh, from the track that it it just like, it never goes away, especially when you're like, now that I'm towing it, 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 I don't know, it's something like a little bit freeing and, and you know, the looks you get when you're driving back and driving to the track people know where you were going and what you were doing and yeah you know shout out to AAA a for making that possible
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i know the feeling so premium member myself, yeah i'm the <laughs> same. i got the same deal <laughs> so i told myself i wouldn't drive to another racetrack again unless it was summit point so summit point's about 80 miles away from my house mm-hmm. um I, if I'm just going out there for the day and I'm not taking my race car, I'll just I'll just drive one of my um, my daily drivers of all the uh, S40 R design. I've actually tracked that a couple okay. times before, and it and it does really well. Um, it's a turbo five cylinder, mm. it's not particularly like fancy. It's actually faster than the stock SI, <laughs> but it's heavy. It's, re- it's a yeah. really heavy car for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, back to back to Honda. So my Fort the. Third engine, the the first K24 that I did, um, basically ran for like 300 miles. Um, I think what ended up happening is it had oil pump failure. This was qualifying at Hyperfest. uh, For anyone who was at for for anyone at Hyperfest last year, um, I'm sorry if I ruined your qualifying Uh. session. uh, But so the car basically let go in the same exact spot it did the first time I blew it up at VIR. Um, but this time it was a lot more devastating. So it put a hole straight through the bottom of the oil pan and the oil Whoa. instantly caught, instantly caught fire. Um, the back of the car was completely engulfed in flames. Um, I, and I almost instantly couldn't see cause the car filled up with smoke. So fast. Yeah. Um, I, I tried to pull off the track without like crashing into something. And I just kind of meandered off to the side of the track. So the, the, the brake lines almost instantly melted. Um, Jesus, the left rear brake line had kind of boiled through uh, it. And I had I had still had front brakes. The rear brakes were kind of gone because it was starting to leak brake fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, and the brake fluid basically instantly boiled. Also, so it was very inefficient to stop. Uh. So I had one. I basically had one good stop left in the car. I and when your engine loses vacuum, you know, it's really hard to to mm-hmm. slow down the car. So yeah, the engine basically instantly locked up and I put both feet on the brakes to try and get the car to slow down. I was in the I was in the process of grabbing six gear so I actually had the clutch in already. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm thankful that I did, otherwise the car probably would have spun into the wall.
2: Oh boy.
1: Um it was it was pretty scary. You know, yeah. you you practice you practice for um for fires and uh, emergencies like that. And you can only train for them, but no one, no one tells you just how terrifying it is to actually like be, have your car be on fire. I wasn't burned thankfully, but,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, I was, I was thankful that the fire kind of mostly put itself out cause it was just oil
0: okay. um,
1: that, that burned and all of it mostly, um, mostly burned up within like 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And luckily I, I stopped right on the other side directly across the track from pit exit so crews were on my car within 10 seconds of me actually getting That's out. That's
0: awesome. But yeah. I, and shout I out could, to the safety
1: crew. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't breathe for a little bit. That was uh, that was intense.
0: Dude, that is terrifying. That Did you have a fire video- suppression
1: system? so i do now yeah um but at the time nasa it wasn't required Mm -hmm. by nasa to have a suppression system in the car i i think they're requiring it as of next year um but i just had an extinguisher within arm's reach um but now now i have a a fire system in the car ready to go
0: yeah
1: um the the tank's out of the car the uh for the winter anyway because i don't plan on leaving it in there over over the winter even though it's they say it's safe to do so i'm still not taking chances
0: yeah. Huh. Uh, why, why do you feel like, the um, just like a general question, like why do you feel like it's not safe to leave it in the car? Well, I mean,
1: they say it's just because it gets cold as
0: why. Oh. Uh, I'm from SoCal, so, you, you know, like sub-30 yeah, degree temperatures is about as cold as we get in, in my garage. Yeah, it like never the- gets below 30. <laughs>
1: it's like 25 degrees outside That's my house shit. right now, so. <laughs>
0: okay that makes more sense i completely understand
1: there you go <laughs> yeah if, you, if you're cold they're cold bring them inside
0: <laughs> so um damn that's such a rough draw oh man because i remember seeing the fire damage of your car and i'm like man like what happened and it's always so scary to see like fire especially on these cars going towards the back because obviously the fuel tank is there and you don't want that sucker to, like, catch on fire? So
1: it missed the fuel tank completely. So, you know, the um the mm-hmm. hybrid, uh, the Civic hybrid under trays that people yeah, yeah, like yeah, to yeah. do? So I, I had those on my car, and actually the fire absorbed, uh, those absorbed pretty much most of the fire.
0: Oh, so it was like um, a insulating layer almost.
1: Yeah, so there was one under the engine that completely covers it. That one instantly burned away. Like it was Mm -hmm. gone. I I have found no traces of it whatsoever. Uh, the only one that survived was the center right side, uh, Mm -hmm. under the right passenger side of the car, the left side burned, um, the little trim piece that, uh, is in front of the gas tank, Mm -hmm. uh, was completely gone. And the, uh, the wheel well cover was mostly melted. Mm. So I, I think those, Saved a lot of damage from occurring to the car. Okay. What could have, what could have been more damage uh, mm-hmm. was um, saved by that. So I think, I think I'm going to try and put those back on the car if the rules will allow me to. Okay. Because I'm I'm stepping I'm stepping down into TT five into S five now oh, because awesome. it's just. I, I've realized it's a lot more. It's too much effort to have that car make as much power as it as it needed mm-hmm. to to be competitive in ST4, and it still wasn't that competitive in mm-hmm. ST4 because I'm competing with uh, 370Zs and S2000s yeah. and and C5 Corvettes, and it just it just wasn't quite up to par. It just would never. It was never going to be
2: mm-hmm. a
1: fast car on a national level. So I think I think at ST5 it'll actually be a real contender.
0: No, yeah, I think the Ace Gen, like the sweet spot, is ST5. um, At least here in SoCal, we've seen um, the times there. Uh, my buddy Sam has even uh, taken the lap record from our series director, uh, Greg Greenbaum. I think he got it back, so, yeah, at Auto Club in his uh, Ace Gen. So, yeah, like, I-, I think it can be a very, very good uh chassis, Um, for st5 but yeah st4 with corvettes and stuff like that is yeah you're fighting a a really big uphill battle right there hello
1: okay
0: oh sorry i I thought i lost you for a second
1: no i'm still here
0: oh yeah so um in terms of like st5 so are you going to be running the toyos or what what tires do you normally run
1: so for a long time, I uh, was getting scrub hoosers from uh, <laughs> a local tire shop. Yeah, I, I kind I of made it. the switch to Hoosiers. I made the switch to Hoosiers at a really early stage, like mm-hmm. in driving, and a lot of people say that was a bad thing. I Honestly, I'm, I don't regret anything because they were mm-hmm. really cheap. Like, I was paying like 30 or 40 bucks a tire. Yeah, go with whatever uh, person, the cheapest person, is there. First and take off 225 did that inhibit or in my ability to learn fast, probably, but I still think it was a good experience to, to mm-hmm. just go, just go onto them from the get go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now it's funny. I pretty much do. I've pretty much done all of my events on street tires, apart from the last race at BAR. I was on sticker hoosers for that race.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, cause I knew the car just wasn't fast enough to be competitive without them. Mm-hmm. So that's the only time I ever really bought new tires mm-hmm. for the car. Um, I, so now I run uh, Falcon six sixties. I was oh, actually nice. gonna just—I was actually just gonna see how light I could make the car mm-hmm. and see if I could do um, get the street street tire modifier because uh-huh. it's such a it's such a big points adder. for oh, yeah, NASA. Yes. It's like six tenths of a point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: if I remember correctly. So I was gonna see how how fast the car was with that in it. Um with with scrub six fifteens, I've never actually run six sixties on the car yet at Summit. With the old six fifteen Falcons, it runs it runs twenty fives around Summit Main, which is decent. It's not fast. It's actually it's actually kinda slow for the SP mm-hmm. five. Um yeah, but the, the 615s, those
0: are that's an old compound, man. Like we're talking about, yeah, that's an old one. I mean,
1: they were they still had they had late twenty twenty one stickers. So I mean, oh no,
0: but I mean like the of, the tire oh, compound, yeah. like when the, it was that, designed. The design is, yeah. yeah,
1: the design itself is an old. I mean, they're great tires if yeah. you just want to do laps with them. And oh yeah, get data. They're fantastic.
0: Yeah, enduros, yeah. fucking dope.
1: So I think yeah, for next year I think I'm gonna run on the, the six the six sixties unless something uh some new uh tire comes out. We have a whole winter ahead of us, so I'm excited to see if anything new comes out.
2: Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, the six sixties, uh that's actually the tires that I have on my RPF ones right now up on my rack, and that's my track tire for the ace gen. Um Okay. So they're they're kind of a very weird tire. Um I had um Steve Wong, who was uh the head guy for um what was it, um Falcon uh Motorsports, their motorsports wow. division. So he worked with like Formula D and constantly like working right. with them. And right. him and Kevin Burke told me like something that like even to this day when I talk to people about it, they're like, that makes no sense. But apparently the 660s like a lot of PSI. Um, I did the grid life event with those 660s on and look, the car felt good with it. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But they told me to run 35 PSI hot or cold going on on track. And I'm like, that makes no, f- that makes no sense. But given it was Kevin Burke and uh, Steve Wong who were telling me, I'm like, all right, I I trust you guys know these tires pretty well. So I went out there, and sure enough, they felt really good. They like PSI. I don't know that's something you're going to have to, like, test, but, dude, they're weird in that sense.
1: I'll have to experiment that one. Yeah. When I actually drive on them, I haven't heard that, but that's the – that's an interesting fact you got there. Yeah, because for me, Cause it's super like, a, ca- it's super counterintuitive because, like, dude, my yeah. tires—I think I run them at twenty-five cold.
2: Mm-hmm. hmm
1: And they're great. Yeah, no,
0: it, it makes complete sense. Like, they're they're kind of a weird tire, but um, I know with talking to Graham Downey uh, when he was down here for one of the Grid Life events at Big Willow. He did, like, 10 back-to-back laps uh, in on a set of 660s and just was, like, super consistent with them, and they, like, just held up, and I was, I was really surprised about how, how good they were, like, in terms of consistency and uh, wear. So uh, it's a solid tire, but, yeah, that, that PSI thing uh, just got me, like, really weirded out. Like, I didn't understand it, because for me, like, I always test with them... Uh, Below 30, and then look around because my car's kind of heavy. So I don't know, man. It's weird.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty odd. But it's interesting you went with the 660s. Um, is there any reason why, besides like maybe price point or? So we, we did lose a little bit of uh, audio during this recording. So this is an addendum. Thank you to Victor for coming back on and helping me fix this uh, mess that I made, uh, I guess. Um, so thank you for coming back on, uh, Victor.
1: Yeah, man. Happy to, uh, happy to fix anything.
0: (laughs) So, um, what we were talking about was, uh, the choice for the Falcon 660s. And I think you were talking about why you chose those tires.
1: So I, I have some experience on the 660s already, Mm -hmm. um, I haven't actually driven them on my car yet per se, but I've driven uh, laps and uh, a couple other cars on them. They're super consistent. They manage heat really, really well. Mm -hmm. They're, they're actually a pretty fast tire based on uh, my experience Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and they seem to handle um, hot lap sessions super well compared to some of the other tires on the market. Mm -hmm. Um, They, they're a lot like the old Falcons, but they're, They just have more pace.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've driven on the old 615s before they went into the 615Ks. And going from those to the new 660s, it's like, I mean, dude, the tire technology where it is right now is kind of wild. So,
1: yeah. It it really is. And it's like, we've come, you know, just in, I'd say, even in the past five years, tire technology has made a huge jump because. Like before, my my favorite tire was the old Hankook RS three. Bro, it same. Wasn't a, it wasn't a fast tire, but man, it was super consistent. consistent. You <laughs> know, you could you could throw anything at that tire, and it just would not <laughs> care. It weren't you weren't going to finish first, but no. you would probably get two or three years out of a set of tires.
0: Oh yeah, I would daily some of those, and it, it was just consistent, and they had. Um, Hell, I even remember the Honkuk RS twos just to show my age a little bit, um, but yeah, no, those the RS threes were so consistent. The RS fours kind of uh, continued that um, that line of consistency, um, but I, I, I just think that really the the two hundred uh, treadwear war that's going on has really benefited a lot of grassroots racers in having really sticky, quote-unquote, 200-treadwear tires.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And there's actually a couple of tires that I've been meaning to try out. I really want to try out the Nantang 200-treadwares. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. I've,
1: I've heard nothing but good things about them, but I can't seem to get my hands on a set. So maybe maybe when things when the supply chain catches back up, I can get my hands on a set for the car and see how they do.
0: Yeah, I think um the only person that I've seen that uh can consistently get those tires is a PhD <laughs> racing. Uh Jackie because of his connection with Nankang tires. But uh yeah, outside of that, I think uh maybe Phil's tire service I've seen them pop up um and have like consistent
1: stocks. So
0: yeah, it's it's hard because I'm sure there's like a specific size that you're looking for.
1: Yeah. Um it's, I'm looking for for 255s and uh, 225s to the rear. I'm actually considering going to a square setup hmm. because I I go through front tires faster than a lot faster than rear tires. Like I've had the same rears on the car for like two years now. They hmm. really don't don't wear out, but ever have to replace the fronts probably every probably twice in a season. Oh, so... if, I'm doing, if I'm doing like two events a month,
0: oh, okay. So would you go like a narrower size, just so that you minimize the rubbing in the rear? So like a two forty five.
1: I think I would still do two fifty fives. My okay. my fenders are my fenders are pulled. Okay. And kind of naturally self clearance. So my car is not perfect, like <laughs> a lot of a Um My right before I bought the car, the right rear was in an accident. Oh. It's funny. It's actually like an inch further out than the other side, so I can fit a much bigger tire oh, over shit. there. That's than wild. the other side, so I might just try and clearance the the driver rear to see if I can fit a bigger wheel, a uh, mm. bigger tire back there.
0: Oh, and are you running a square wheel setup, or are you running? So,
1: yeah, I have I have square wheels with staggered tires. Staggered tires. Okay, yeah,
0: that makes sense. So I
1: do a, I do a seventeen by nine uh, Wedsport uh, TC one hundred
0: five N with
1: uh, yeah I've. They've been my favorite wheels, and I never probably will get rid of them. Uh, Yeah, they're a 17 by plus 15 in the front, and a Mm. 17 by plus 35 in the rear. Mm.
0: Okay. Okay. Huh. That's good. Well,
1: well, so I actually run... They're actually the same size wheel, the same offset. I actually run a spacer in the front just to make the the wheel sit a little bit more flush with the car. But uh, it serves no other purpose uh, Mm. than that. That's just to help fill up the wheel well a little bit more. And you, what's nice about uh, having extended studs on your car is you can really oh, yeah. dial in your fitment with yeah. a wheel spacer.
0: Yeah, that's the same thing that I have. So uh, I really enjoy having that. And as long as you have a hub-centric uh, ring on it, it's just perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we we were talking about the possibility for nationals. Since it's going to be super close to where you are, I I think you were saying it's like, what is it like a couple hours away for you in it's, terms of a drive?
1: It's about four and a half hours okay. race for me. Um, I I would love to do nationals. I just don't see myself being able to do that many events next next year. Mm-hmm. If I if I did two or three NASA race weekends, I'd be really pleased.
0: I mean, with doing two NASA race weekends, I think uh, each day counts as a race so i think the minimum is five for a wheel to wheel so you might be there you might be there.
1: in that case i would have to do at least i would have to do three events
0: because
1: usually i think you get two days of of actual racing
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and then you guys this uh we her season starts really late because you guys have actual seasons so
1: (laughs) we start we start in march um oh okay I think March. We have a March Madness event. I think it's typically at VIR. Don't okay. quote me on that. Um, our, our events pretty much go back and forth between VIR and Summit Point, Point. Mm-hmm. and then I think we have one at New Jersey.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: It might be NASA NASA Northeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head, but we we're so close between regions, we go back and forth quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah.
0: You guys are lucky that way. It feels like you guys can piggyback off of each other. So that's really cool.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I know that if you um, if there is an opportunity, I I would love to uh, see you out there with that Ace Gen because I'm I'm always a big fan of uh, wrong wheel drive. And of course, Ace Gens are near and dear to my heart.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you're ever if you're ever out this way, you're more than welcome to hop in my car. It's always available.
0: Dude, don't. Ah, God damn it! Why is it that everyone from the East Coast and Northeast always gives me like bad ideas of like spending money to get out there? Because man, like you guys are just so awesome out there. In that sense, like I've gotten a couple people that have offered uh, cars for me to drive. I, I always feel like really weird about that, but yeah. Uh,
1: it's it's nice to be able to let other people drive your car because you never know if you're if you're faster or slower than other people and it's nice to get some data from someone that's not you
0: Mm. yeah I mean I I always like struggle driving other people's cars uh, mainly because like especially when I'm instructing like I'm always like kind of scared of doing anything that would hurt those cars and I feel like really really self-conscious so i always try to do like seven tenths and just be like very smooth and not try to push the cars really hard because yeah yeah
1: that's funny so one of my uh good friends who also has an eighth gen he's up in connecticut his name's nick um Mm -hmm. he came down uh drove six and a half hours from basically lime rock park uh to summit point for a for a whole weekend of uh track days and he was there for he came down friday night and did Saturday, saturday sunday event with me and i took his car out for some laps and i think i got down to a 140 like a 142 and change lap which was only like a second and a half off of what i was actually running in my own car oh shit that's it was it was like a second and a half or almost just under two seconds but I got I got surprisingly close to what my car ran.
0: Hmm. That's damn that's uh whew, that's really he's, uh
1: he's impressive. Just a, it was a bolt on bolt K twenty with I think tires and TSX brakes. It had no arrow or anything hmm. like that.
2: Hmm.
0: That's that's impressive. But uh, it,
1: it it was really fun to drive a like a stock ish eighth gen. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd never really driven one hard before. Like, a stock... I'd never driven an SI before.
0: Oh, that's right. Because you you I was driven
1: my car just when it was a base model. Mm -hmm. Um, It it was kind of... I don't know. It was kind of refreshing.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, and based off of uh, the power figures that you were giving, I mean, your R18 was no slouch, uh, given the, like, wheel horsepower you're making. It's, It's still... Still pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, so. uh, you're giving it too much credit. <laughs> hey, man,
0: like, I, I see a 1.8 liter making almost the same amount of torque as my K20. I'm like, damn, that's that's impressive. That's impressive.
1: Yeah, it's funny. It actually wasn't that far off from a, mm-hmm. the amount of torque you get from a K20, but mm-hmm. it, it was geared so poorly, it, oh, just, yeah. it did not accelerate at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I think this will... Now transition back to the uh, actual conversation. So, Victor, thank you for coming back on. Uh, I yeah, think yeah. we have uh, the correction. So now back to the original um, recording.
1: Um, I'd love to go watch. I probably end up driving up there because pit race is only about four hours for me. So oh, if no I way. can go, oh, so... no yeah, uh, it's it's not terribly far.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Summit Point's pretty close for me. It's about an hour and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. New Jersey. Is about two and a half hours. VIR okay. is actually per- vir is actually a little bit further than pit mm-hmm. race for me. I think it's about four and a half hours.
0: Oh, dude, you don't have that bad of a commute to to, to the tracks. I mean, I, no. I, yeah, go ahead. Oh,
1: pretty much. Most of the razor Most of the major race tracks are within uh, uh, within five hours.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah, for me, uh, I mean, I constantly joke about this, and I get flack from like Adam and Khan uh, and everyone else about uh, how short my commutes are to my regions of racetracks. Because I think my farthest one is like about an hour and forty minutes in in terms of towing, but usually mine are about an hour.
1: Khan Khan doesn't need to talk talk crap because he lives way close to the summer point that I do. He's <laughs> like thirty minutes away oh uh,
2: yeah.
0: Oh man i didn't know that oh i'm gonna give him shit for that because he's always telling me like you and your short ass commutes and whatever because uh yeah. there's like a racetrack here that i haven't gone to because i i say it's too far away and it's a three-hour drive and then like people like adam and con are just like oh and the texas guys oh my god they, they have to deal with way bigger uh, track drive or toes than that to get to the track because they go to, I think it's Oklahoma and uh, NOLA as part of their region, which is freaking wild to me.
1: That's, yeah, that's pretty wild. I mean, I know some people drive all over uh, the country to do some of these events. And I know Nationals was at, what, Laguna Seca last year?
0: Uh, yeah. This year? Yeah, this year it was at Laguna Seca. I was there.
1: Yeah, a couple of local friends did the drive out there, and that was like that is dedication. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could never, I could never do anything like that. Not right now. Maybe in the future, I'd love. I would love to do something like that,
0: dude. Um, ever since I like first looked at Honda Challenge, my dream has been to race in Honda Challenge. But one of the things, even if I do it once, and just like finish 8th out of 8th, like, I would love to do one of those trips to, like, one of those nationals over in, like, mid-Ohio or something. I don't know if my GX is going to be able to handle that kind of a tow or whatnot because I'll probably be using (laughs) you all for it because I I, I have no room. (laughs) But, yeah, like, ah, man, I, I would love to do that. I mean, the amount of time and effort that you have to do in Spare parts that you need to bring is kind of wild, so yeah, it, it's it's interesting.
1: I have. I'm hoping the car is going to be reliable now. I haven't really run into any issues with it. I've been
2: mm-hmm.
1: just uh, just keeping up with small uh, small little problems here and mm-hmm. there, just like little things that break, but nothing that would like immobilize the car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I have a I have a truck and trailer now, and that honestly that's been like huge for me i'm not mm-hmm. afraid to like really push the car hard at mm-hmm. the at the track like before i was kind of like hesitant to do all yeah. things yeah, yeah. car. but now i'm not as nearly as timid as i was because i know i have a way home now
0: so what's your tow vehicle
1: so i have a 2000 chevy suburban uh yeah. 2500 uh it's a 60 it can tow have whatever you throw behind it and it'll be fine <laughs> uh i've got a an enclosed trailer that I borrow from a friend uh oh, okay. it's a twenty four foot uh twenty four foot it's nice and nice and cozy uh holds one car comfortably it can hold all your gear and mm-hmm. whatever you need uh, and it does great it's it's great I've slept in the trailer um awesome uh the car goes in super easy uh the The suburbans actually a super underrated car or underrated truck. Um, to they're tow. like a third the cost.
2: They're yeah. Like a,
1: yeah, to tow. They're like a third the price of yeah. the truck, uh, the Silverados or the Sierras.
2: Yeah, yeah, And yeah. they tow
1: just as much. You can get them for, for four, I paid $4,000 for mine. Yeah. And I haven't had a, really any major issues with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I was looking at my tow uh, vehicle possibilities, the biggest issue for us is that even though I don't have a long way to tow, one of our biggest thing is we have to go through this, uh, pass called the grapevine and that thing, like as you're driving up because of the inclination there, it, it just, there's cars littered on the sides of overheating blown or whatever. And, oh yeah, and like, I know that I'm like, dude, I need to have something strong. And luckily I was able to find on Craigslist, uh, A GX470, so that has the 4.7 liter from the Toyota Tundra, and I'm like, dude, you'd have that with a Lexus, and I could possibly sleep in it. I'm like, I'm down, I'm down.
1: Yeah, I was actually looking at one of those, but they were kind of pricey. Like people, they're they're like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars out here.
0: Oh yeah, I got mine for seven. (laughs) <laughs>
1: Must be nice. <laughs> well, uh, it also has
0: three hundred and twenty-five thousand miles on it. So okay. yeah,
1: <laughs> my my truck had two hundred and thirteen thousand miles when I bought
0: it. Damn. Well, I, I got you uh, beat on this one. Uh, my race car had three hundred and thirteen thousand thousand miles on this oh AG God. before I started racing it, and it's still. On the same OEM transmission, and it's still shifting well. Hopefully, by this uh, next event, um, I'll I get my transmission sorted out, because, uh, yeah, I, I'm putting a final drive on it, because uh, open diff, no final drive, and Honda Challenge is just... Uh, I'm just getting walked.
1: That is wild. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, like uh, I, I'm all about I'm all about them deals because I I think um, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I bought this uh, EGSI um, for twenty eight hundred, and then slowly but surely with all the Facebook Marketplace uh, stuff that I could find uh, to swap in and uh, get it to where it is now that um, the car is is handling really well. And now I just need to get it to rev up a little bit more because uh, I got a 4.9 final drive onto it and M Factory LSD clutch type, and hopefully with that I, I can I can stay with the people a little bit more.
1: Okay, so, so yeah, I have uh, I have the five oh six uh civic type r final drive in my car
0: oh yeah same do, same in and, uh, my silver civic yeah i have the same one
1: and then i have the uh, integra type r fourth fifth and sixth
0: gear oh jo- so
1: i actually yeah i actually have a usable sixth gear and it's been fantastic
0: that's dope yeah that's uh that's super helpful i mean in the future i am planning to go um k-swap uh, onto the eg Just because D series and B series parts are getting like unattainable, like it's it's impossible to find them, and I'm I'm not going to be spending like fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars on a D series. Like that's stupid.
2: Oh God, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I already bought a a spare K series. (laughs) I I picked one up for two hundred bucks for a a K twenty eight.
1: They're so cheap now. Yeah,
0: like. I, I'm literally talking to this one guy who's selling one uh another K twenty eight three for two hundred bucks and I'm like, bro, I can't buy this. Stop posting it. Like I I stop tending me, like I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's probably where the future is gonna be for my eg, because I'm a real big fan of trying to keep the car as light as possible. So
1: yeah. Um. What was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, I don't think I have. I, the only thing I really want to do to my car is a is a nice LSD. I actually still have the factory LSD in there, and it's been fine.
2: Oh, um, dude. I know that,
1: yeah, I know the I know the plate LSDs are where it's at. I'll probably end up doing that this winter.
2: Hmm. So, but do you do it, your and, own work on, on yeah,
1: transmission? Yeah, I. I up until recently, I've been a I've been a mechanic for for six for the last six years. So okay, I I kind of taught myself how to do um, transmissions in the past couple years.
2: Mm.
1: So I haven't t- I have touched anything else other than K series stuff. But um, I've had some friends help me through okay. the process. It's not terribly difficult. You can do everything on a workbench. Like yeah. you do, you do need a, a puller or some kind of press to mm-hmm. to get them to get them out but to get them back on you just need a hammer mm-hmm.
2: um
1: okay it, it really wasn't that bad changing my sixth gear out um cuz it's the first gear to come off so
2: mm-hmm. it,
1: uh but while I was in there I did end up having to replace the third gear synchro cuz my. so coming back from Summit uh, a couple of years ago my um Third gear, my CMC like went out, like it was completely shot. Oh to
0: yeah, that happens. To I, was,
1: I was driving, I was driving the car home and it wouldn't go into gear. And of course, I got stuck at a stop sign on a hill, and it wasn't, I couldn't get any gear. So I had to like, show, I had to force it into gear, and the only gear it would go into was third. And I, I was like thinking, I was like thinking, okay, what synchro do I want to replace? Because it's going to destroy whatever synchro, whatever gear I tried to force it into. And I was like. Third sounds good. So I shoved it in third, and sure enough, I went in. Uh, and then yeah, third it ha- it would just grind whenever I shifted it in. It didn't fight me going in gear, but it would make noise. So I was like, all right, I got to replace third gear. So I decided to do. Um, I decided to do sixth gear also
2: mm-hmm.
1: at the same time because that cause I was like hesitating on it because I didn't have a tow rig. Mm-hmm. Um, driving, driving to and from the race yeah. track with yeah. a super short six gear, cruising. You're cruising at like 70 miles an hour at like 4,000 RPM. Yeah, so it's unbearable for really long periods of time. So yeah. I was like, all right, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this, I better be able to tow the car to and from the track. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, no, that, that's that's a big thing because right now um, I'm doing my first transmission, uh, and of course I'm struggling. Um, so, uh, I got a spare D series transmission and I'm putting the countershaft and, um, LSD in, and, um, I'm, I'm just like learning as much as I can. So, um, one of the things that I found, uh, like I got stuck on was, um, replacing the, uh, or putting the uh, fourth gear into the countershaft shaft. Cause the newer one is just, I guess, cause it was brand new, like it, it, uh, struggled a little bit, so what I ended up doing, and I don't know how good or bad this is, but I got some dry ice, and I put it on the counter shaft, and then with one of those uh, burn somatic uh, torches, I heated up the the fourth gear up to like 150 degrees Fahrenheit, according to my Harbor Freight thing, and dude, it just like slid right in. It just no press needed, and I was just like, whew, thank god, because I have oh, a two-car... Nice two car tandem garage so i like space is at like every inch of my garage is like at maximum capacity (laughs) (laughs) so yeah like that that ended up working like really well i was super surprised that I, i was able to just like well of course wearing the gloves like slide the gear in and it just like clicked in and i was like oh my god it's in i don't have to hammer it at all and I'm like, Oh shit, <laughs> like and then I went to try and pull it, and nah, like as soon as the like freaking hot metal touched each other, they were like, Nope, we're expanding, so yeah that that worked really well. taking off uh the the bearing for the countershaft and not destroying the oil guide, that did not go well, and because of that, oh. uh, I broke an oil guide, and um currently waiting on possibly two coming in um I also purchased something from, like, uh, this one supposedly Japanese manufacturer. I don't know if I got my shit, like, my identity stolen or whatever, but I have to shout out freaking Adam Jabe, Blake, uh, uh, I forget this guy's the last name, and then uh, Dr. Stone, who's an old uh, D-Series uh, builder, who are sending me, like, that little plastic guide that no longer is made by Honda. And... The worst part
1: is. I know exactly what God you're talking about,
0: bro. You know the worst part is, um, on the like Honda parts now they give you like the price of that shit, and it's like three dollars. And I'm like, motherfucker, like why, why? Yeah, it's
1: Uh, not expensive, but it's NLA, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, yeah, so. I was using a slide hammer to take that bearing out, but uh, I don't think that's a smart move anymore um, to to get that bearing out. I'm, I'm going to have to figure out a different method of pulling that bearing out because I can't break another one of these guides. Like, it's, uh, yeah.
1: Does the guide not just sit in there like the K-Series?
0: So it, it literally, like, slides in, but it has, like, a little bit of a straw, if you will. And Uh that straw feeds the oil into the counter shaft. And I broke that straw part while using the slide hammer. Oh. Yeah, so now it's all flat. Like, I think it will still funnel oil in there, but I'm like, dude, I'm here. I don't want to risk it. And I, like, reached out to, like, a couple people, and they're like, yeah, I wouldn't run it. I I talked to James from uh, Ghostworks, and he's like, Yeah, you need it. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, great. I broke the one thing that I probably shouldn't have broken on this freaking transmission as I'm replacing all the bearings and all the seals and all the things. So, yeah. But hopefully, they might arrive today or tomorrow or sometime soon. And maybe that order that I made to this uh, weird Japanese uh, manufacturer actually goes through and they do have it and they didn't just steal my, like, 60 bucks. (laughs) but yeah Um, yeah man you know like oftentimes I worry about who I have on the podcast and whether or not I'm going to be able to jive with them and I'm really excited that I was able to talk to you and um, that it's worked out so well and I'm really looking forward to what you're going to do in 2023 and uh, I'm really excited to see uh, more plane selfies out there with you
1: I'll definitely be posting uh, plenty of pictures from that. And I appreciate you having me on the podcast, man. It was a great time to talk with you. Uh, I love I love talking cars. It's it's fun. <laughs> uh, I seem to make a lot of friends really easily uh, talking about cars.
0: Yeah, man. I, I'm I'm always down to talk to people about our shitty front wheel drive, uh, wrong wheel drive cars. and like, oh, absolutely! And and keep pushing the idea that these cars are um, very solid vehicles for what they are. Um, yeah, man. So, um, is there anything else that you'd like to promote or um, kind of uh, give a shout out to?
2: Uh,
1: I do want to give a couple couple shout outs to some people. Uh, Chris over at uh, Redshift Motorsports. He's yeah. uh, kind of been. Uh, been helping me through mm-hmm. uh getting the car set up suspension wise justin Tillis, the uh oh yeah um, the guy who actually sold me my coil overs he's mm-hmm. he's uh been helping me get the car uh uh set up like actual track side like if i mm-hmm. have a have an issue or a question that i need answered pretty promptly he's usually a pretty good go-to guy mm-hmm. um Uh, who else? Uh, Derek Robinson, uh, Innovative Motorworks. He's the guy who's been tuning my car all these years. He actually does a great job. Um, He's based out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. He's super professional. Um, His service is great. Uh, His support's great. Um, He does a great job. The car, I've never had an issue with the car, like, tune-wise.
2: Okay.
1: It's, Super reliable when it comes to when it comes to that I mean mechanical issues they you just can't predict <laughs> them unfortunately
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but he's a great guy, I like him a lot uh he's usually he's usually pretty quick. I can drop off the car the night before if I call ahead you know a few mm-hmm. days and he'll get the car tuned and I'll go pick it up the next day and then go riff around the racetrack over the weekend so yeah,
0: that's awesome man. That's good that you have like that level of support and that level of, like, you know, community that can help you maintain this oh, yeah. uh, hobby. So that's awesome. And, uh,
1: and uh, Jason, uh, Jason Lee at Aerogenics, um, he's a- he's actually my first sponsor oh, of the tight. car. He, he and I have known each other for a few years now. I've uh, tested uh, a few products with him. If, you're fami- if anyone's familiar with the Aerogenics ball joint spacers, he and I worked on the prototypes years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they started as a, as a caster and ball joint spacer. So oh, yeah. they would add front caster to your car. They add about two degrees of caster and it was actually too much because it would rub on the, it would make the tire rub on the front fender
2: oh. and bumper.
1: Cause it moved the wheel, it moved the wheel so far forward mm-hmm. that it just didn't work. So we ended up just making it into a, a ball joint spacer, um, to fix the control arm geometry, mm-hmm. uh, and that has actually made a huge difference, um, at least the way I, I feel my car drives. It seems to keep the wheel in contact with the ground mm-hmm. more, and I don't get as much wheel spin as I used to.
0: Mm. Yeah, and don't don't forget those uh, $30 Moog uh, compliance bushings. Those, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for anyone for anyone who, ever, who wants to do that to their car, it's uh, part number K200799. <laughs>
0: and and they work on the uh uh what is it the so, ex ones as so, well so the, so the
1: yeah they'll fit any ace gens they're actually designed for the rsx yeah but they'll fit any ace gen.
0: sick man yeah i i i can't believe like when i got those i was like super excited because uh yeah like those are kind of a common wear point and to have something that works so well like i haven't bought a spare i should um but Dude, I, I've been running those for uh, years now as well, and yeah.
1: You know what's funny is I I don't remember who actually discovered that you could do that.
0: It, it's got to be a race shop or somebody who's, someone, uh,
1: who had an on, a, Someone on the yeah. Someone on the track forum figured it out, and I don't know who it was, but mm-hmm. I just remember seeing a post one day that you could do it, but I don't know who the first to first to do it was i wish i could credit them but it's just yeah. kind of become a no. it's just become one of those things that everyone knows now
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely all right victor with that um you know i r- thoroughly enjoy talking to you i i could keep going on and on and um you know like dude anytime you want to come back on to talk about like new stuff that you're doing you're more than welcome and uh yeah with that guys i I think that's it so thank you for coming on and take thank you for taking the time to do this i really do appreciate it absolutely all right with that guys i will see you next monday